Healthy friendships are always challenging to navigate, but COVID-19 with the social distancing has complicated the maze even more. Some of us are disappointed with our friendships over the last seven months, and we are exhausted from trying to keep them going. To be honest with you, many of us are drained. So what can we do? We're gonna learn today the importance of being the kind of friend who, when obstacles like COVID-19 get in the way of growing, thriving relationships, we will do whatever is necessary, despite the challenges, to love our friends. And the most loving thing you and I can do is carry our friends to the one who gives rest to the weary, Jesus. So grab a Bible, a phone, a notepad, whatever you must, and let's jump into part four of Drained. Now, before we do so, we want to go over our mission and our values at Forest Park. Very important that we keep in mind why we do what we do. We have a very simple mission statement here. It is help people follow Jesus one step at a time. We have three values at Forest Park. The first one says we take anybody. Our second value says know them, only us. And our third value says Jesus plus nothing equals everything. We're going over our mission and our values at Forest Park week after week because we never want to forget why we do what we do here at Forest Park. All right, let's get into part four of our series, Drained. Friendships with people have always been challenging for me. I like the shirt I saw the other day declaring, I'd like to stay in bed. It's too peopley outside. It's not that I don't like people. I do. I love people. I enjoy watching people, talking with people, learning from people, laughing at people. I truly enjoy people, all kinds of people. But people don't always mesh easily with me. I've thought a lot about why, especially this week preparing for this message. Here's what I've come up with. And you can tell me if you think I'm way off. Not that I assume you know me, but you might identify. First of all, I'm introverted. I am most happy in a corner with a book and a cup of coffee, watching people and listening. I enjoy one-on-one -on -one conversations and I can laugh and have fun with the best. But overall, I'm introverted. Number two, I have trust issues. I won't go too far down that road. Suffice it to say, people have to prove themselves. I don't believe what people say simply because they say it, which has only been strengthened through 25 years of pastoring and leading people. Number three, I have high expectations. If you're my friend, you're my friend. And I expect friend things, conversation, honesty, mutual serving, forgiveness, working through the tough parts. I've learned a lot of people have low expectations when it comes to friendships. Number four, I'm loyal to a fault. If I'm your friend, I'm in your corner and on your side. Not because your corner is the best or your side is right, but because you are standing there. And I assume you'll do the same for me. And number five, I detest shallow relationships. Don't waste my time. Go deep or move out of the way. So as you can see, I struggle with friendships. I've learned many people prefer shallow, weak, short-term relationships rather than deep, strong, lifelong friendships. Now, that's just me. Relationships are overall difficult to begin with, whether you are wired like me or not. And I can't think of a more challenging time to develop and build authentic, deep, lasting relationships than in the culture in which we live. Why is that? Here are a few things I jotted down. One, we're a selfie generation. 
Look at me, look at me. Tell me I'm beautiful, handsome, hot, dateable, attractive, smart, talented. Please tell me I'm important, valuable, worthy of love. It is difficult building lasting relationships with others when we are obsessed with ourselves and want everybody else to be obsessed with us too. I have learned the more confident and comfortable you become in your skin, the less selfies are required to make you content living in it. Number two, we're focused on self-fulfillment because everything revolves around me, my happiness, my fulfillment, my joy, my peace, and my rest being most important. If someone brings those things into my life, awesome. If they don't, swipe right. We just go on to the next person. We've begun to see people as a means to self-fulfillment more than ever. Number three, we lack training. We're simply never been taught how to have deep, lasting, authentic friendships. Many of us have never seen deep, lasting, authentic friendships, so we don't even know what to look for. Few of us have relationship mentors, coaches, or heroes. We do the best we can, and the best we can is inadequate. Number four, we are encouraged to quit. I have never seen more encouragement to quit than today. If you don't enjoy this, quit. If you don't like that, quit. Life is too short, quit. If this relationship pushes you too hard, label it as toxic and quit. Quit is written everywhere. So, healthy, positive, lifelong relationships already have an uphill battle in our world. Then, when we add in the additional stress of COVID-19, the quarantines, the social distancing, the fear of getting infected, it has become especially demanding. I've learned for relationships to remain healthy and vibrant and life-giving, time must be given to nurturing the relationship. Intentionality must be on the agenda. It won't happen by accident. Physical touch is necessary. Face-to-face -face communication is premium. And almost all of these things have been removed during COVID-19. So to experience healthy, strong, growing relationships was difficult enough. And these last seven months have made it even more trying. So much so that some of us have given up, which is not good because we do not do well when relationships are strained. We're designed for healthy relationships. Similar to our lungs being designed for oxygen, one could say healthy relationships are like oxygen for the soul. And when relationships are strained, it's like our soul is struggling to breathe, not getting the air it needs for survival. Healthy relationships are designed for us. It is inside community we experience healing and revelation, healing for ourselves through prayer, encouragement, and strength, and healing for others through the same three, prayer, encouragement, and strength. Within community, we receive a revelation of God through uh, people accepting us and forgiving us and having patience with us and also challenging us. And not only that, but within community, we receive a revelation of ourselves through uh, times when we're impatient with people, uh, when we, we see our gifts being uh, exercised and also our weaknesses being put on display. There is much to be said about community, relationships, getting along with people, living with other people, and we're going to get into a whole lot more of this in our next series, which, by the way, we're beginning next weekend. Nobody else is coming. But today, I want to focus on one piece of the multi-layered puzzle called community, and here's how we're going to do it. I want you to go with me to Mark chapter 2. Now, before we get into the story, here's a question, and I need you to be transparent, all right? How many of you at times during this quarantine felt 
spiritually sluggish. I mean, you were just not that interested in the Bible, church, God, etc. Wherever you are, just lift your hand indicating, hey, that's me. How many of you felt relationally sluggish? I mean, to your wife, to your husband, boyfriend, children, you know, talk to the hand and get out of my face. How many of you? How about emotionally sluggish? I just don't care if the whole world blows up, you know, bring me another drink. Or how about physically sluggish? Bath? What's that? What's a bath? And bring me that bucket of ice cream on your way back in here. How many of you felt any of that stuff throughout this quarantine time? I know I have felt much of that. How many of you wish that you had someone that you could lean on who was stronger and better than you when you feel those ways? We all want someone like that from time to time. All right, let's get into Mark chapter two. I say this a lot and... Um, You've heard me if you listen to anything I have to say. I've got some favorite stories in the New Testament. This is one of my favorite stories. It is dramatic, humorous, packed with insight, just a wonderful interaction with Jesus. Let's get into Mark 2, verse 1. After a few days, Jesus went back to Capernaum, and people heard that he was home. Now, by this time, Jesus was extremely popular. Thousands of people followed him and hung onto every word, not wanting to miss anything he said or did. So much so, many were caught up with what he was saying and doing one day, they forgot to eat. And Jesus had to multiply bread and fish to feed the masses of hungry people. So when word got out, Jesus was in Capernaum, large groups began to make their way to the house where he was staying. Verse 2, so many gathered that there was no longer space, not even near the door. Jesus was speaking the word for them. I want you to picture the scene. Jesus is sitting in the living room area and people begin pouring into the door, gathering around him, standing on their tiptoes to get a view, sitting on the window ledges, pushing people out of the way so they could see, telling the kids to be quieter so they could hear. Just a crowded, uncomfortable gathering of people, everyone leaning in and straining to hear Jesus. Verse 3. Some people arrived, and four of them were bringing to him a man who was paralyzed. Now, let's pause for a moment. A man is paralyzed. In first century Judea, if a person was paralyzed, there wasn't a lot of help offered. This man would lie around begging for money, food, clothing, hopeful someone would have mercy on him and provide what was needed. We do not know how long this man was paralyzed. Could have been recent, could have been years ago. Uh, he could have been born this way. We don't know. And none of those details matters. What matters is the man is paralyzed. He cannot walk. He cannot take care of himself. He is dependent on the good graces of other people. But he hears about Jesus being at a house in Capernaum where he lives, right down the street. And he wonders, is it true? Jesus, the miracle worker, is in my hometown? Do you think he would heal me? Do you, do you think he would give me a new lease on life? Now here is what is most important in the story, at least to me. We have a paralyzed man, unable to walk or take care of himself. We have Jesus, teacher, miracle worker, Messiah. But Jesus and the paralyzed man are not in the same room at the same time. Jesus performs miracles, but Jesus is not with the man who needs a miracle performed. The paralyzed man needs a miracle performed, but the paralyzed man is not with the one who performs miracles. Do you see the problem? Jesus and the paralyzed man need to come together. So, four of the paralyzed man's friends come over to his house, pick him up, 
and carry him to the house where Jesus is. They get Jesus and the man together. That is some kind of commitment, don't you think? Carrying a man on a stretcher for possibly a few blocks, pushing through crowds, dodging animals and shoppers and gatherers of people. Four men gave up their morning or their afternoon. They pick their friend up who's paralyzed and can't walk, and they carry him to Jesus. They pick him up and trod through the town. Eventually, they arrive at the house where Jesus is staying. But, verse 4, they couldn't carry him through the crowd. Why? It was too crowded. Too many people. No doubt they tried the front entrance, the back entrance. They may even tried bribing some people. Nothing worked. They brought their friend to Jesus, but the situation was anything but easy. Let me ask you a question. What would you have done? Would you have kept trying? Would you have given up? Would you have punched a few people, kicked some others? Watch this. So they tore off part of the roof where Jesus was. You have to see this. These guys climbed onto the roof where the para- with the paralyzed man in tow, and they ripped off part of the roof. Can you imagine? It doesn't say whether they got permission or they just did it. I guess it's easier to ask forgiveness than permission. Well, they make a hole in their neighbor's house. And when they made an opening, they lowered the mat on which the paralyzed man was lying. How did it sound to this man when they explained the plan? Okay, now here's the plan. We're going to take you up onto the roof and we're going to tear a hole in it and we're going to lower you down in front of Jesus. And the paralyzed man was like, wait, wait, well, what are we doing? Can you imagine what it looked like to Jesus? Here he is teaching, answering questions, entertaining the kids, and all of a sudden, dust begins to float downward. He looks up and sees the silhouette of a man on a mat being lowered. Verse 5, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Child, your sins are forgiven. Verse 11, get up, take your mat, and go home. Jesus raised him up, and right away, he picked up his mat and walked out in front of everybody. They were all amazed and praised God, saying, We've never seen anything like this. I love this story. I love Jesus heals him. I love Jesus forgives his sins. I love it all. But my favorite part by far is the part where his friends carry him and refuse to give up when they meet an obstacle. This man had relentless, persistent, committed friends. His friends recognized the distance between Jesus and him, and they did what was necessary to bring them together so a miracle could occur. Can you imagine if that's how we saw everything we do at Forest Park? Our friends are there, and Jesus is here, and we must do whatever we must do to bring them together so a miracle can occur. Let me speak about friendships for just a moment. Friends do not give up when an obstacle is placed in front of them. No. Friends figure out a way to maneuver around challenges. Also, friends are as concerned for your well-being, happiness, and joy as much as they are their own, sometimes more. Here's another one. Friends carry you to get the help you need when you can't carry yourself. A couple of more. Some things won't be accomplished without committed friendships because you can't do some things alone. And lastly, when friends get involved, you will always receive more than you planned. 
This man not only received healing, he also received forgiveness. This man had friends. And because he had friends, his life was forever changed. Had he not had these kinds of friends, he may have remained paralyzed the rest of his life. Had he not these kinds of friends, he may have never got to Jesus and received forgiveness. Had he not these kinds of friends, he may never have enjoyed one day of complete freedom. This man had friends and his life was revolutionized. All right, here's where it gets personal. I want to ask you two sets of two questions each. And I want to give you just a couple of moments to reflect on these questions and answer them honestly. The first set, question number one, are you this kind of friend to at least one person? Here's another way of asking, is there one person out there who when they think about someone who would carry them to Jesus if necessary, one who would not give up, one who would not quit when the going gets difficult, would your name come to mind? Here's a second question in the first set. Do you have this kind of friend? Do you have at least one friend who would run to your aid, pick up your stretcher, set themselves to the side, fight the crowd if necessary, and carry you to Jesus, and if the way was blocked, climb up on the roof and tear it apart if required? Think about that. Here's a second set of two questions. Number one, who in your circle of influence needs to be carried right now? Is there anyone in your immediate circle needing to be picked up? They're just too tired, too drained, too emotionally empty to do it on their own, and they need you to carry them. If so, put that person in your mind, and as soon as you get the opportunity, reach out to them. The second question, who has carried you in the past? Or who is carrying you now? Put that person in your mind, and let me ask you this, when's the last time you thanked him? When is the last time you thanked her? If it's been a while, I challenge you to do it again. Folks, this might sound unique to a few of you, but I want Forest Park Church to be a place where we are constantly either carrying people to Jesus or being carried to Jesus ourselves. I want us to be the kind of church doing everything we can to get the people who need the miracle to the miracle worker. When we're sick and unable to get to him, someone picks us up and carries us to him. And when we're healthy, we carry someone to him. Folks, this is community. This is friendship. This is what Christianity is about. Let's pray. Father, we bring ourselves to you. And many of us are tired. We are drained when it comes to relationships. Our friendships have been strained. Our families have been strained. All of the different quarantines and restrictions that we've had placed on our nation has just caused all kinds of tension and, and stress within our homes and within our um, social circles. And Father, we're needing encouragement today. And we're needing in uh, comfort and, and a refilling of your presence and your power. Father, I'm asking you to take some of these truths that we've talked about today and, Father, push them deep inside of us that they may take root and begin to grow. 
May we become the kind of friend that carries other people to your son, Jesus. And Father, when we're tired and we're broken and we're too drained to move forward, God, may we have friends around us who pick us up and carry us to him as well. May Forest Park Church become the place packed with people who are either carrying their friends to Jesus or lying back and letting other people carry us to him. We need that kind of place, especially in our culture today. Help us be that place. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for watching this video. While you're here, make sure you subscribe and turn the bell on so you don't miss any other videos or content Forest Park releases. Make sure you share this with a friend. Take a few moments and check out some other things Forest Park has.